and welcome into tonight's Town of Huntersville candidate forum. We're so grateful that you are either listening or watching our video live stream on WSICnews.com. Also, all of the social platforms on the WSIC News channel. Thank you to the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce for hosting the event and allowing us to be part of it. Special thanks to Bill Russell in particular. Listen to his show, Town Talk, every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. That airs on WSIC, and you can watch him. He's pretty funny, too, by the way. We do want to ask our first slate of candidates to come up to the uh, dais. Did I say that right this time, the dais? The dais. We're going to ask you to come up to the dais. If you know who you are, if you're supposed to be up here for the first round, at least I hope so. There's some other conversations we should probably be having if you don't. And while the candidates make their name, or excuse me, their stage, make their way to the stage, I do want to inform you again that this is being broadcast live on the radio as well as video streamed across all the social platforms. We do have a crowd here tonight at the town at the town hall in Huntersville. Beautiful facility. Thank you to the town of Huntersville for allowing us to be here. And as our candidates get prepared, what we are going to do is start it off with a pretty basic question. First is going to be your name, and then I would also like you to tell us the reason why you are running. Please do not make it a novel. I will do my best to allow you to speak, but if I do need to cut you off for time, I'm just gonna point to Bill Russell and he will start shouting, okay? We're gonna go left to right if that's okay, so please pronounce your name and again, why you are running. Good evening. My name's Alicia Bergsman, running for Huntersville Town Commissioner. I am running because I believe the town needs a fresh perspective and some new voices on the town board. I care about Huntersville, as many of us do, but I also bring 15 years of professional nonprofit experience and working with limited budgets and scarce resources, which have a lot of similarities to what our town has to deal with on a daily basis. In addition, I'm currently the vice chair of the Huntersville Parks and Recreation Advisory Commission, so I've already shown that I am dedicated to our community. I'm a member of the equity committee with Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools, I'm also a parent of a North Mech High School student and vice president of a band booster club. So I'm running not only to bring a fresh perspective, like I said, but also for the next generation, because I believe that Huntersville needs to have the commitment that this generation, some of which are in the audience that are here, will have the same quality of life as we have today. Thank you so much. Please state your name and why you're running. Hi, I'm Amanda Dumas. I have lived a lot of places in my 20-year career in the insurance and financial services industry. Um, I've been moved a lot, and about 11 years ago, I found myself in Huntersville, and I fell in love, and I've turned down a lot of opportunities since so that I can stay here. I've been a, an advocate in addition to my career uh, for a number of years, and now it's time to advocate for you and our town. Uh, I love it here, and I have a lot. I know we have a lot of issues, and they're important to me. We're going to talk through those some today. Uh, but we have a lot of amazing things too. Uh, and I've spent 20 years leading cultural change in organizations, and I can do that here as well. Um, I, uh, I know how to earn trust across the aisle from, different from those who are different than me and have different backgrounds. Uh, and uh, I believe that experience will be a benefit to the town. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. My name is Jennifer Hunt. I relocated here from Western New York in 2012 so I could begin my teaching career. I taught at Hopewell High School for four years and Lake Norman Charter for six. Last year I re-careered and now I am a content writer for Forestry Consulting Firm in Charlotte. 
One of the big reasons why I'm running is because I think we could use some change in Huntersville. And there are four priorities that are guiding my campaign. The first is environmental stewardship. The second is creating a Huntersville for everyone, which I hope to get into more soon. I care very much about managing our growth in town and making sure that that is sustainable. And then finally, I'm very passionate about community education and engagement. As a former educator, that's very important to me. And don't forget, folks, you can't spell Huntersville without Hunt. Oh, did it again. <laughs> Good one. Thank you. Hello, my name is John O'Neill. I'm also from Western New York. Go figure, huh? Um, I've had a career, a long career in manufacturing management, running plants from all over the all over the country, and naturally engaging with customers, suppliers all around the world, traveling around the world, and lived in seven, eight other states. And about 20 years ago, my wife and I decided to settle here in Huntersville, and I immediately got involved in local politics, um, joining the Park and Rec Commission joining the um, Greenway Commission, that was my first commission. Um, I think the town needs a business perspective. In addition to running manufacturing plants the last, uh, being leadership in the last 37 years, my wife and I also owned a small business, a franchise we owned for 15 years. We opened two stores and, and just recently sold them. I think the town needs that perspective. Uh, I'm a runner and a biker, so I'm definitely into the, 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 roadway, or the uh, greenways and trails that we need desperately here. I think looking at our, our managing our growth, I think it's important to uh, have a strategic plan and our town has one. And that's what I've lived under all my career, you know, deploying a strategic plan. I think that's our job as, as, uh, as town commissioners. And the last piece is really just good financial management. I think I can work supportively with the town staff and really look at some of the things we're doing to make improvements. So, vote John O'Neill. Thank you. Good evening. I am Edwin Quarles. First, I'm a servant of the Lord. Secondly, I served honorably in the United States Air Force. I also served in Desert Storm. I've also been serving in the town of Huntersville in the CMS uh, schools for over 21 years. I birthed the Hopewell High School Men of Honor program. I'm part of the Dads on Duty. I'm still, I don't have any children in Hopewell High School right now, and I'm still at Hopewell High School every morning at 615, directing traffic and, and trying to be a mentor at the school. Why? Because I'm a servant. I want to serve Huntersville because I bring proven skills of leadership, management, building relationships, negotiating, solving problems. This is my fourth time I've been asked to run. This is the first time I've, I've actually prayed on it. And I truly believe I've been um, received a call in to run this time. So again, I was asked four times for a reason. Um, I decided to run for a reason. I want to run because I really want to serve. You guys can hear me say a lot tonight that I'm a servant. I really want to serve. I want to take politics out of the, our municipal governments. I want to make sure that we are here to serve all the people of Huntersville. Thank you, and thank you all for being here tonight. The I believe the people and the, the citizens of the town of Huntersville are better served by you being willing to be here and discuss some of the issues that have been going on as well as some of the opportunities. And I want to remind everyone in the room that you do have the opportunity today to submit questions. So if you would like, uh, Senator Tart is somewhere back here. If you have uh, the index cards and you would like to submit your question, also Bill Russell here at the front can take those either way, and we will certainly be sure to get those answered. And remember online, if you are watching on social media, you can also submit your questions. Those will be passed into my ear by my producer, Bill, who is in the studio jumping for joy right now. And we do have a few questions who, that have been submitted via the crowd. We're going to start the questions with emergency services. How do you feel about a full-time fire department in Huntersville? 
And then this time I'm going to go in the reverse order. Mr. Edwin. I'm definitely in favor of a full-time fire department. I think it's um, pretty sad that we have a um, part-time fire department and we only pay them $16 and maybe 45 cents an hour. I had a son that just graduated from Hopewell High School and he came out of Hopewell High School making 20 bucks an hour with no experience. So again, I'm definitely in favor of a full-time fire department. Thank you, sir. Mr. O'Neill. I think, uh, first off, I think, you know, uh, the evolution, our, our chief has indicated that, that we need to begin to put in full-time personnel. Obviously, that's not going to happen overnight. It'll be a, it'll be a gradual uh, process. Um, I, the, the, the ultimate issue is what's our safety level? Do, are we able to, to staff all of our, our particular fire uh, uh, stations? So I think we have to look at that and work and benchmark other locations, other towns that have gone through this process and determine where do we start? Do we start with a full-time chief? Do we start with captains at, 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 two, at two stations or five stations? I think it's a matter of benchmarking and figuring out what's the best road. And it'll probably, it'll probably take us 10 or 20 years. If, you know, definitely that's where the market is going because obviously the, uh, having a, a part-time uh, staff just doesn't serve a town of this size any, any longer. Thank you, sir. Ms. Hunt. Last time I checked, the median home range in Huntersville was $550,000. And I think that if folks are investing that much in their homes, then they might be willing to invest that much in public safety. And so I think that we should start with a hybrid model. We can use the other local departments as a reference point. We can look at data, look at things like response time to give us a sense of what would be the best place to start. If we begin with hybrid, can we slowly phase that in and then have more uh, full-time officers? We know that they are stretched thin on holidays, and of course, that's a time when they want to be with their families, and that's completely understandable. And so we have to take all of these things into consideration, and we should also think about how much we are paying them so that we can incentivize them and get them to stay. Thank you. Ms. Dumas. Yeah, I think it's definitely something we need to look at seriously. Um, Jackie Huffman spoke at last night's town board meeting and presented a number of statistics that don't look good right now. And it, we're not as safe as we need to be. We should have more people working here uh, in the fire department, and we should have probably another uh, truck available to us. And we're just not there. The investment needs to be done. Um, I think one thing that we should consider is talking to Cornelius and to Davidson and see what can we do in regards to partnering across those aisles. Um, I, that was not brought up at last night's town board meeting, and I'd be very interested to see if that's something that we've looked into. Thank you. Ms. Bergman. Um, first of all, I just want to mention, um, I talk to um, people a lot on the campaign trail, and one of the things I often hear is that uh, residents don't even know that we don't have a single full-time firefighter in our town. And for a population of 60,000, the fact that we have not started this transition already, I think is egregious. This legislative body, one of the top priorities is public safety. And so I do absolutely agree that we should have a full-time fire department. Um, like many of my fellow candidates have already said, uh, we can look to other towns and look at how we can approach this from a way that is more collaborative and possibly um, more cost efficient and saving on resources and our taxpayer dollars. But yes, absolutely, our town needs a full-time fire department. Thank you. During previous board meetings, there have been times when there have been unruly people in the crowd. Would you be willing to limit public input as a method 
of stopping that. And uh, this time I'm going to allow anybody who has an opinion to go first rather than just go in a particular order. Mr. O'Neill. I'll start. Um, certainly unruly, you have to define that. If unruly is, uh, you know, breaching the line of physical assault, obviously you've got to, got to curtail that. I, I think, I think the best way to, to handle um, dissent is, is to listen and to solve problems. And if they got three minutes and, and as long as they're not, you know, causing a, a too, too dangerous of a situation, I think you got to let it happen. Otherwise you're, I think you're only trying to bottle up something that, that has got to come out. Um, so I think trying to, trying to curtail it, uh, aggressively is, is not the best way. Thank you, sir. Ms. Dumas. I think we're talking about the foundation of democracy. Everybody has the right to have that opinion and their voice be heard. Um, I think that uh, sometimes that can be challenging, uh, and, I, and there's there's ways that we can be reaching outside of this room in order to get the voices of more people, um, and in, and maybe then we're hearing less of the loud folks and more of a community. Um, not that we can't, we shouldn't be hearing the loud folks because they have an opinion too, um, but uh, I think that uh, if we hear more folks. If we're hearing more of the community at large, uh, then it dampens that. Thank you. Ms. Hunt. Dissent is democratic. Um, I also think, though, that we need to try to get a sense of why people are so upset. And I think that part of that could be engaging in some proactive communication. What are some ways that we can get into the community and establish relationships with people? and help them to understand where we're coming from so we can better understand where they're coming from. Thank you. <laughs> so freedom of speech is a constitutional right. Everybody has the right to come before their legislative bodies and their government and voice their opinions. I think that's important. It needs to be protected. At the same time, there are rules of procedure with the town board, and you know if those are followed, I mean, that's the expectation. Uh, like many others have said, though, I believe if we work on greater transparency and public engagement, getting out in the community and listening to all residents, not necessarily the ones that have the ability to come to town board meetings, that will go a long way towards building unity in our community and having a more or a less divisive atmosphere. Thank you. Mr. Quarles. Yes, I believe in transparency, and I think part of the problem is we're not, not being transparent, but also we should be able to go out and hear the people, allow them the opportunity to talk, allow, allow them the opportunity to speak. Um, as town commissioner, we should be able to go out to the town communities, to the um, homeowner associations, and talk to the people. We need to build trust with our community. It's all about the people at the, at the end of the day. So once we build that trust, I think that some of the unruly um, order inside the chamber will um, just go away or die down. So again, it first start by building trust. Thank you. One of the main priorities you will have as a town commissioner if elected is the budget for the town. Would you describe for us why your why and how your professional past experience qualifies you to serve as a commissioner and to create a budget for the entire town miss dumas we'll start with you um i have been managing blocks of business since i've been 24 years old and in that 20 years uh, in the business in the financial services industry i've been promoted and moved and moved and promoted and moved and moved because i'm good at it um i don't 
what, what I'm even better at though is relationship building. And I think that one thing that we're missing is that building relationships in areas that we can't actually impact in, in our town with, um, I heard a story that uh, there's a part of our community that doesn't have access to septic. Uh, and that community, I was told, well, that's not actually some of our responsibility. But we can call Charlotte. We can build those relationships in Charlotte. Everybody in our community should have access to all the same stuff that we all have access to. Uh, and those relationships would be built and then I'd be able, we'd be able to help the, everybody. Thank you. Ms. Bergman. So I've worked for 15 years and longer in nonprofits. I have worked from the lower levels as a volunteer, as a case manager, working with directly with individuals in crisis, um, up to being a joint director of a grassroots nonprofit organization. So I have a lot of experience with taking a very, very small amount of money and stretching it as far as you possibly can. And that's what people need to do who are on the town board. We need to look at ways that we can meet the needs of the diversity in our community, make sure everyone's voice is heard, make sure everyone has um, input and has, is able to voice what they need and also take that in our, the dollars that we have and make sure that they're being used efficiently and wisely. Thank you. Three left. Who would like to go next? Mr. Quarles. As you guys can see, I love budgets. I have a copy of the town's budget with me. Um, just can't prepare. But um, in the Air Force, I manage over $1 billion worth of assets. Um, I, uh, coming out of the Air Force, I was in corporate management. At First Union, I set up the distribution center, so I had to manage the budget of over 47 employees. I left First Union, went to S&D Coffee. I had to uh, work the budget at S&D Coffee. I also was logistics manager at Coca-Cola, major operation, had to manage the budget there. At my church, I have to review the budget every year, so I have experience in reviewing the budget. Also. Um, I have sat down with the town director of finance so I can understand and learn the budget. I know that if you understand the budget, many of our problems will be solved. Thank you. Mr. O'Neill? Yes, yes, sir. Uh, I've been responsible uh, for private business, six different budgets, uh, uh, some of them much, much larger, frankly, than the town of Huntersville. Um, when you first establish a relationship in the business you're in, you have to find out, you know, what, what are your goals and objectives as a business and why are you spending money and trying to understand and working with your team and seeing maybe there's opportunities we're spending money out of inertia because that's what we've always done. Um, I've had a lot of experience, like I said, capital spending, uh, capital planning, uh, continuous improvement and cost outs. That's something I, I don't know. That's part of the language of government. I like to see it be that because not everything is just a uh, constant spend as much as you did last year. And really just, you know, proactively and, and professionally challenge the spending practices of the staff. And I think they need that. I don't think they've had that over the years that often. And, and I know the staff. And I think this, we have an excellent staff. But iron sharpens iron. And it helps to have someone that's been there that's had budgets as big or bigger than the budget they have. Uh, so I think I bring that skill set to the party. Thank you, sir. Ms. Hunt? You know who's really, really good at stretching resources and budgets? Teachers. <laughs> and I was a former teacher. Um, I had to do quite a bit with very little. 
Uh, and I was also the yearbook advisor, and we're making a 400-page book. And if that thing doesn't sell, well, I'm on the hook for that when the school has to pay for it. And that might sound like a silly example to some people, but it actually has some really serious consequences when the school's operating on a very tight budget. Another thing that I can say is that I would lean on our staff here. They're experts, and they're excellent at what they do. That's why the town has such a great rating. That's why we can get bonds at such a, a, such a great uh, interest rate. And so I would certainly lean on those individuals and have a very collaborative spirit with them. We will now dive into one of possibly the largest topics our area has ever seen uh, post-pandemic, and that's affordable housing. Um, housing for all, affordability, all of the words, all of the buzzwords that we all are familiar with at this point. Given that you are running for town commissioner, which directly influences development in the town, what, if any, solutions have you created or thought of that could assist in the current housing market for those to be able to live and work within the town of Huntersville? Ms. Hunt. So in talking to some local experts, I think it would be very prudent for us to adopt a points system similar to what they use in Davidson. And this is a voluntary system that developers can opt into. And this gives us a lot of leverage. And we can ask for the things that we want to see. So if we want to see more affordable housing, then that gives us the option to do so. We can also, in my opinion, hire a grants writer. A grants writer will help us to get grants, oversee them from start to finish, and they can help us get grants like uh, the home funds, which we can use for down payment assistance for folks who are struggling. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that our average median income is $102,000. And 80% of that is the area median income, and that's $81,000. And a lot of folks in this community starting teachers don't make that much money. And so that's something we have to keep in mind. Again, the point system, um, I know I'm running out of time, but you heard me the first time. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. First, I think we need to change the language. Um, affordable housing has historically um, had stigma attached to it. A lot of folks um, in that area now like to use attainable housing because it also is more de de descriptive of what the problem actually is. And because affordable being something for anyone. What's affordable to a doctor might not be the same as what's affordable to a teacher, a nurse, you know, the 7-Eleven manager. So I first want to protect what already exists, um, preserve our historical neighborhoods, protect them from uh, gentrification, and help work on economic re revitalization issues. I would like to... Um, engage in more public-private partnerships with organizations like the Lake Norman CDC, with Habitat for Humanity, and with area partners as well, because I believe that um, this is something that should be a priority in our town, and it's something that should be addressed um, in the short term and develop long-term solutions. Thank you. Got three left. Ms. Dumas. Um, uh, ditto. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that we need to be also looking at every opportunity. Uh, I'm super excited about the Golden Cow Creamery. I really wish we could have done something where there was apartments upstairs, um, but it wasn't enough to turn down that project. But uh, I do think that we need to be looking at every opportunity. Um, 
I hear a lot of people scared that not in my backyard, like let's say we're looking at a certain area of town where we want to put uh, workforce housing in place and people are, you know, well, I don't want that. I think like they talked about last night at the board meeting again, we're, we're, these, we're not talking about, um, you know, it brings crime. That that's not the case. It's just not the case. We're talking about paramedics and teachers, as we've already discussed, retirees, police force, fire, um, healthcare workers. These these folks deserve to live in our town, and very few do right now. Ditto, ditto. No, <laughs> no I, I think you took my line. Yeah. People, people are are afraid of that. I just realized. I saw the house that I was born into. I realized. 1,100 square feet. I had seven brothers and sisters living in 1,100 square feet. There was a boys' room, there was a girls' room, and then I guess it was a baby-making room, I guess. But uh, <laughs> sorry, Mom, I apologize. Don't watch it. Um, but I, I agree totally with uh, the, the words. We, we have to have some leadership here and be able to talk to our town about that. We, we have 64 square miles of town. That's a big town to have people have to travel from outside to come work inside of our town. Um, but I think it comes back to following our, our, our uh, community plan, which has density in certain locations of our town, obviously preserving uh, our open space outside of that. And I see what's happening in downtown Huntersville and other pockets of the town. That's where you put your, your affordable housing. It's not going to be on one acre lots, obviously. It needs to happen in, in, um, in, in more dense areas. And, and I support that. And I, I look back at my life and I grew up in a town where there was duplexes everywhere. There, there wasn't any higher or lower crime. I think a lot of people get fearful of things that they just shouldn't be. I think we have um, a wonderful town and an opportunity to do some better, some better things in that area. Thank you. Mr. Corso. I think we should work with, start with changing the name. It's all about a play on name. Affordable housing makes one think is low income. Workforce housing is something totally different. Uh, I will work with the town manager, the mayor, uh, the Lake Norman CDC, and evaluate uh, those incomes and find out, okay, let's define affordable housing or workforce housing, giving these people opportunity to live in nice homes. Uh, the average rent in Huntersville is $1,300 a month. It's very difficult for them to live. So and then in addition to working on uh, workforce housing, bring in more businesses that will allow them to be able to work in our towns, uh, give them more to do. So because if you can allow them to work in town, it's going to bring us more tax dollars and more tax revenue that they, so they won't have to travel out, out of town to live, to work. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Bill. <laughs> Follow-up question for affordable housing, and I actually have a couple of subparts, multiple cards with affordable housing, as you could imagine here in front of me. One of the questions relating to, do you believe that there is a path forward that does not include increasing the housing supply within the town of Huntersville? Yes, sir, Mr. Quarles. No. Thank you. Anyone else? <laughs> Could you repeat that question? I Do you believe that there is a path forward for affordable housing, understanding that there are many different ways to call it, that does not include increasing the housing supply within the town of Huntersville. You have to increase the supply. There's no way around it. <laughs> you got to build it, you know? Yes. Thank you, Mr. O'Neill. No. No? Ms. Bergman? Ms. Dumas? Ms. Hunt? Okay, so that was all no's in here. <laughs> we are increasing the supply. Okay. Uh, do you believe it is the place of the town board to, to donate tax dollars to nonprofits? I'm going to start with, let's go with Mr. O'Neill because he looked up at me. Yeah. Because I've heard a lot of feedback on this issue from various folks. And I'll say this, at the very minimum, we need a framework to set the, the stage. What kind of organizations and what's the criteria? And 
allow everybody an opportunity to come to the table to, to get potentially town dollars. If, if the town, the town commissioners need to step forward and say, we're not just going to tuck it into a budget. We're going to actually have to have a policy. It's either zero or decide as a team there's going to be some method to select and, and, and allow other organizations to come to the party. They're all great organizations, but it's a question of should we take tax dollars from people? Are we willing to step forward and say we're going to you know, absolutely do that or not to the town people rather than just slipping it in the budget? I don't think that's the right way to do it. Thank you, Mr. O'Neill. Ms. Dumas. Is it something that we... Are they bringing something to our community that we aren't supplying as a town that we really should be? Um, if that is the case, then we should be donating. We should be contributing to that, that organization. Now, I think there should be process and procedure around that. Um, I don't think it should just be like they applied for 20,000. Oh, you know what? I like them. I work with them. Let's give them 20,000. Uh, no, you know what? I like them. Let's give them 30,000. Th there has to be more thought process behind that. How much of that money is going towards the CEO? Um, you know, let's, let's do a little bit more of an investigation when we're trying to decide where our tax dollars are going. Thank you. And do you mind repeating that? Cause I want to hear exactly how it was worded. Yeah. Do you believe it is the place of the town board to donate tax dollars to nonprofits? First of all, I don't necessarily view it as a donation. So on my time as Parks and Rec, you know, when we have a, a park project, there's a bid for contracts. And it's a service that the town cannot provide itself, such as building playground equipment, so we contract out. When the town makes these decisions, and I do agree with the others that said it should be done with a rubric and it should be done in a way that's transparent and open to all nonprofit organizations within Huntersville or that serve Huntersville residents. But it's a contract. These nonprofits are providing a service that the town should be providing to our residents, and we are not. So when those are met, when those ideals are met, then yes, I support it. Thank you. Ms. Hunt. Well, cosign, first of all, yes, that we should have a rubric and it should be very transparent. I also agree that if the organization is providing a public service or a public good, then it's worth it. So, for instance, I volunteered at Angels and Sparrows this last school year, and I read with a little girl every Thursday while her parents were learning English. And now that's going to help them have social mobility, and that's not something that the town can necessarily provide to them. But by affording Angels and Sparrows those dollars, they're able to provide that service that can then help those families. And so you see the social mobility is helping them, and so I think it's completely worth doing. Thank you. Mr. Quarles. I agree as well. I believe it should be governed as well as um, we should have transparency. I just, for example, the Arts and Science Council. If, as an African American, if you can do some Arts and Science Council, can we have something um, in return for a Black History Month? Or can we have something to bring some culture to our town? So I agree with um, donating to nonprofits, but we, again, it needs to be governed. We need to be transparent. We need to be fair to all. Thank you. If you were elected as town commissioner, what do you believe would be your biggest strength? I'm going to start with Ms. Bergsman, if I could, and then we'll move left to right, if that's okay. Sure. I feel like we answered this a little bit, so I'll come up with something different. But um, my biggest strength is the willingness to listen. 
and talk to everyone and listen to everyone, no matter if we have the same beliefs, the same opinions, the same values, the same ideas. I mean, that needs to be a role of a commissioner. We are here to do our residents' justice and to serve our community. And that is our entire community. And I commit to having an open door and always being willing to listen and talk and have a conversation. And often you find a common ground. Thank you. Ms. Dumas. I do feel like we already answered this, but I'll expand. Um, yeah, I think my experiencing managing million dollar businesses uh, or blocks of business uh, in the corporate world translates really well to running a business in, in our town. This is, it's, it's a hundred million dollar business. It's a hundred million dollar budget. We can, I can do that. Um, and um, yeah, and then I talked about my relationship management skills earlier. I, I really do think that being able to work with people that think differently than you and being able to connect with organizations outside of our town is going to benefit our town and building the relationships um, in other small towns up north. Um, and I had something else, but the 15 second sign threw me off, so it's gone. Son. <laughs> I think one of my greatest strengths is how resourceful I am. I am a really strong, critical thinker. I know when I don't know something, and I'm okay with asking questions. And I know how to ask questions, and I know who to ask questions of. And I think that's crucial in order to getting information, and that's why I'm so resourceful. Thank you. Mr. O'Neill, next. Uh, during the middle of my career, I remember I made a couple of transitions, and the companies used to do what's called leadership surveys. And, you know, I was able to go in each of those organizations, and within a year, dramatically change the culture and leadership survey. And I didn't do it because I did it John's way. I did it because I went and I listened. And one of my biggest challenges that I always love to go into, I would go into a facility and they'd say, well, you got to watch old Fred. He's a crazy loony. Don't listen to him. He's, and I would want to go. That's the first guy I wanted to meet. Figure out how do I understand this person and how do I find out if he's not being listened to? Sometimes he is a crazy guy, okay? But sometimes he's just not getting listened to. And if you're willing to listen to everybody and try to find some sort of common ground, um, you know, that's how you're successful. That's how I survived with eight old you know, brothers and sisters. You listen and you, and you learn to roll with punches and, uh, and stay calm, you know, during the situation. So thank you. Mr. Quarles. I would say, um, as I first started talking, uh, first, my biggest strength is serving. I'm a servant. Uh, secondly is I'm a leader. I have many years of leadership experience. Thirdly, my campaign has proven this skill and that's building relationships. For over 25 years, I've been around Huntersville and built some great relationships with people. And I am flattered to have support from all over the Huntersville area. My support represents Huntersville, uh, black, white, Republican, Democrats, unaffiliate. Um, that's because they know my character. So again, I would say as a servant, as a leader, and also building relationships. Thank you all. Let's switch gears and talk about schools for a moment. There is an upcoming school bond that includes some dollars, which I believe do add uh, new schools in Huntersville in particular, and some improvements in Huntersville. Do you support the current school bond as it is written? Mr. Quarles, we'll start with you. I do. And as I said, with 21 years of working with CMS, I can start with uh, North Mac High School. That school still have bomb, um, bomb, 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 bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, we know it here. yes, 
Um, that school was built in 1951 um, and needs major improvement. Uh, Bradley Middle School is one of the most overcrowded schools in the state of North Carolina. Um, Huntersville Elementary School, um, is, is, they have over 100 students than they, what they should have, and they also have a lot of rodents running through that school. So again, I think the bond package um, is something that's much needed, um, and I do support it. Thank you. Mr. O'Neill. Yeah, I saw uh, the superintendent and, and her uh, facilities director a uh, couple, couple, couple weeks ago listen to them, and a lot of things I don't disagree, I don't agree with NCMS, but you know the the condition of our buildings is, is horrific, and uh, obviously you see here at Huntersville, you know, learning cottages year after year, uh, but more importantly, the condition and the safety of those facilities is not there. Obviously, it's a line of credit, uh, and I, I, I respect the people who know and they prioritize their projects and so are going to do the right thing for our kids. So I, I support it. Perfect. I am getting in my ear from the producer. Let me ask all of you to just bring your mics a little bit closer. Remember, we are on radio and we do want the microphones, the auditor to go through. So we appreciate that. Ms. Hunt. Yes, I do support the school bond. Um, it would give us a new or renovating North Mech. It would help us renovate Huntersville Elementary and it would give us a new middle school so that we can relieve some of the overcrowding at Bailey. Um, I know that there are a lot of folks in this town who value education. There are a lot of parents who are super involved in their students' education. I know this because I'm a former teacher. And so I understand that parents truly care about the students' learning environment. And if we want them to have a good learning environment, then we need to be willing to invest in that learning environment. And if we do so, our students and our teachers will be far more successful. Thank you. Ms. Dumas. Yeah. Um, we need schools in Huntersville. We've grown really quickly and we have not kept up when it comes to our schools. And a number of years ago, our, um, our town pursued a municipal charter and I'm not saying that was the wrong choice, but CMS and uh, our town, not exactly on friendly terms for a little while. Um, and this is the first time we've had the opportunity to have them invest in Huntersville again, and I think we need to take it. Uh, the um, bond is because we need to take advantage of our rating uh, here in Huntersville as well. AAA rated uh, for Moody's uh, is the best rating you can get. And so it's the most fiscally economic way to be able to, to invest in our town. Um, yeah. Thank you. Ms. Bergsman. So this would be one of the uh, least expensive options compared to other options. And like many others have said, I absolutely uh, support the bonds. Um, I can speak, since um, most have already addressed some of the things I would say, I can speak from personal experience, having a child that attends North Mech High School and being in that building and knowing many of the students that attend that building. I'm sure they have many stories that they could share with this room right now of the conditions at the school. But one that I want to highlight as a parent is safety. So North Mech High School, not only is it uh, built in 1951, it's an open campus and has multiple buildings. And in today's environment, schools are not built that anyway, that way anymore because of safety and the risk of shootings. And it's just an honest fact of the present day. And the fact that this would get a brand new building for both North Mech High School and then what everyone else has said, I mean, it's just, it's not even a question for me. Absolutely, yes. So that being a bond from CMS, I do have a, another subpart to the question of schools. Do you support alternative choice of education and allowing parents to choose where they send their children? 
and we'll go reverse this time. I'll start with you, Ms. Bergsman. So you're referring to by alternative choice, do you mean charter schools or what? Wide variety of options, any option you can think of, whether it be homeschool, charter school, private school, public school, all the schools. To allow parents to choose, yes. I mean. Supporting efforts in that manner. I mean, without having a whole lot of information on that, it's, it's hard to answer that question. I mean, what I will say is that children, every children, every child is different and every child has different needs, often within the same family. And I do support the ability of parents to make the best decisions for their children. Thank you. Ms. Dumas? Yeah, I, I think that uh, Alicia said it. I, every family is going to choose where they want to go and how they want to uh, pursue education for their families. Um, and for me, uh, public schools and supporting our public schools is extremely important uh, because some families don't have the opportunity to go to a charter school. They don't have the protections needed in a charter school or a private school. Um, they don't have the uh, ability to ride the bus or free lunches or anything like that. So to me, uh, school choice is important, but uh, public schools are for everybody. And um, if you want to choose to take your kids somewhere else, that's absolutely your right. But public schools need our investment. Thank you. Ms. Hunt? I think parents are capable of choosing the best learning environment for their child, whatever that looks like for them and their understanding of their child's needs. Uh, I do think it's important to make sure that schools are diverse and that we are not essentially segregating our schools um, because that is something that happens to Amanda's point with charter schools sometimes when there's no transportation, there's no bus, there's no um, lunch provided, right? These kinds of things keep some students out of those schools. And so it is important, sure, for parents to be able to choose, but it's also important to ensure these other factors to make sure that students are interacting with a wide variety of people so that when they get out into the real world, they know how to interact with a wide variety of people. Thank you. Mr. O'Neill. Absolutely. And I think if you've seen in the last 15 years, people have done that exactly with CMS. When the state of North Carolina lifted the charter school cap, uh, immediately charter school would open up and the parents flooded to them because they wanted to have choice in their life. And uh, CMS has now gone from 81% down to 71% of the quote market share. And uh, I think the more opportunity to provide choice to, to parents, the better, because then people own their decision as opposed to they're stuck with the school. Now, my two, girl, my two girls went to, uh, one went to North Mech uh, IB program. She had a choice to go in that IB program, and another went to Huff, and we had, we had success there. But I, I don't know that that's a choice for everybody. They want to take their kids. Uh, I think we need to create opportunities for choice wherever possible. Thank you. Mr. Quarles. I agree with the opportunity for choice. Um, I support uh, parents making decisions on whether ch children will go to school. I'm going to use my son as an example. My son... Um, had some challenges at Hopewell High School. It wasn't the right learning environment for him. However, the new Aspire School would have been ideal for him. Had we known those type of things, we could have given him better resources. He could have been a better student. Um, he's now a student at Central Piedmont Community College, and he's flourishing. Um, children learn differently, and parent, parents know how the children learn. I witnessed, as a dad's on duty at Hopewell High School, I witnessed kids um, camouflaging and acting out because of they can't compete with their, their student, their peers. Um, so again, giving parents the opportunity to make choices was, was best for their children. I definitely have to support that. Let's move now to a um, unique topic for the unique town that is the town of Huntersville. What are your thoughts in working in a regional manner 
in many different aspects. And are there any particular areas that you would like to see more cooperation and teamwork done with the surrounding towns, municipalities, and cities? I'll let you decide if anybody wants to jump out at that. I'll say, uh, first off, we started a number of years ago and, and built a uh, industrial park area that we cooperated with Davidson and Cornelius to, to bring in some more industry. Uh, I think that was an excellent idea. I think it probably was about 12 or 14 years ago, I, I recall. Um, I, I would like to look at it all, whether it's IT services, fire, police. I think it all deserves to be looked at. I think people tend to do this, and I've seen it in, in private industry. They get and they look at the same people around them and they think that's the only solutions we got in front of us. You know, and they're busy in their normal day. I would like to get the three towns together because they're geographically so close. We know that people that live in town to town, you, you move among towns. And I think there's some opportunity there. I, I wouldn't dictate a solution. I would want the teams in our town staffs to really work together and figure those opportunities out. But they, sometimes you need a little pushing because people are, you know, they're kind of stuck in the rut and look for opportunities for cost out and better service, frankly. Thank you, sir. Anybody else like to go? Yeah. Ms. Dumas? Um, yeah, I think... Uh uh, case in point, you know, we talked about workforce housing, uh, affordable housing earlier. Davidson's way ahead on this, and they've made some mistakes along the way. We can learn from them. We can absolutely learn from them. Jen talked about the point system earlier. That's something that's a great idea and has worked well. We can absolutely learn from them. Um, a 911 call center. Right now our calls are routed into Charlotte. That's a huge community uh, and it delays our, our, our response time and impacts our safety. We should be working with the other towns to find a solution. Maybe we can partner on that. Um, as John said, police and fire. Uh, absolutely, we should be working and building those relationships so that we can um, help each other. Thank you. Ms. Bergman? Sure. I believe that collaboration is key, and it also saves money. There are so many ways that the town in the past you know, eight to 10 years has pulled back from collaboration and teamwork and relationship building, not only with the other municipal municipalities in North Mac, but with other regional par partners as well. And I would like to restore, continue to restore some of those relationships that the current town board has been and move on further. Affordable housing, workforce housing was one of the topics addressed. Um, that's one area that I think a regional approach would be most effective, um, as well as, I mean, ditto, ditto, ditto to police fire, et cetera. But I mean, just goes back to the point that, you know, when you work collaboratively, it's a much easier to solve problems without reinventing the wheel. Thank you. Ms. Hunt? Yeah, I agree that there's no point in reinventing the wheel when there are other towns that are already doing things really well and we can use what they're doing really well and, and use that as a reference point. And so then we can adapt and move forward. If there's anything that we can change and modify to make it a little bit better, then that's great. But having a collaborative spirit is going to help us get much further than if we're sitting here spinning our wheels trying to do it ourselves. I agree with what they have said already. I would like to see us collaborate more with the Lake Norman CDC because I do believe that in, um, affordable housing is something that we really need to push towards and work for. Um, and, and there's a lot more that we can do in that area. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mr. Quarles. The Lake Norman Chamber does it now. They uh, work with Huntersville, Cornelius and Davidson, Army, Navy, Air Force and Marines. We all work together. I think that will work extremely well. 
I've been on a campaign trail. We've met people uh, from Cornelius and Davidson that want to partner with us, help us um, with our campaign. So you have leaders in towns that want to do that. Uh, we can learn what works for one area and what does not work. We can build um, relationships and everything in life is built on relationships. So again, we will have a new town board, an, an experienced town board, but we, if we work together, learn what works, what doesn't work, I think it will be a very collaborative effort. I think I've delayed you all enough from the topic that everyone really wants to talk about, and that's traffic. <laughs> we need more of it. <laughs> no one argues with the fact that um, sometimes growth has its pain points, and we're experiencing some of that now. There are several projects that are slated in the Huntersville area from the DOT. However, there have been delays. We did go through what was I've been known to hear called a pandemic, um, as well as many other things. Do you have any solutions or, or things you would like to consider to help expedite current traffic projects that have currently been delayed? And if anybody's got one, I'll let you go first. Obviously, we have our own capital improvement plan. And I would like to continue to obviously work with the town staff to make sure we're pushing that along. Obviously, NCDOT, we can we can put town money into projects that will help boost those ratings for those projects to get done by the town. Obviously, there's so much you can do on roads, connectivity. It's not more lanes. It's connecting roads. And there's lots of good projects in place to connect roads where there's dead ends and things of that nature. Um, uh, but the other side of it, of course, is, 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 is the taking our foot off the gas. And I've, I've said this many times. We've got to stop approving rezonings that don't meet the community plan. There, there's some that do. They're, they're, they're downtown. We're already in small area plans. But we got to stop approving uh, the automatic approval of, of those projects because that, that's what brings that traffic so that we can better balance at least uh, uh, the situation with traffic and growth. Uh, that's what I've heard loud and clear from, from uh, obviously many people. And it's, it's been going on for 20 years. If you, if you go back and look at the old community plans, um, they're saying the same thing. But you just got to emphasize it more, back off the, the, uh, the development. Thank you. Hassan? We need to engage in some holistic long-term thinking. And we need to think not just about how is this going to impact our roads, but how is this going to impact our infrastructure, our sewer, our electricity, and so on. And so that's really important to consider the holistic long-term effects of all of the developments. Another thing that, that we need to consider is other non-motorized transportation. So, I mean, John mentioned connecting roads, but also connecting sidewalks, having more greenways, bike lanes, things to help people get around that doesn't necessitate car use. Um, when people are in nature, they're happier. So if we can get ourselves outside and moving around that way, that's another very viable form of, of getting around town. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Ms. Dumas? When you said people are in nature, they're happier. I pictured like um, Legally Blonde when they're like, when she works out, she's happy. It's endorphins. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think there's just so much that goes into handling traffic. There's so many things that we can be doing. Um, and, uh, you know, promoting the walkability of our town is absolutely key. Uh, and I think that many of us agree about that. Um, uh, and I, I think that managing the growth and and looking at, uh, the tw at following the 2040 plan as closely as possible uh, is absolutely uh, another thing that we can be doing. 
I also think that we should be, there's a lot of landowners in town that are looking to sell and they have the right to sell. And maybe there's some ways that we can attract some interesting businesses to town that want that land for, I don't know, like the Summit Coffee in Davidson or a winery instead of 400 houses. Um, I think that would help with uh, the future of this town and lessening the traffic in the future. Thank you. Ms. Burton? I feel like you're getting a lot of repetition from us. Uh, So um, I agree a lot with what John said, um, and as well as some of the others. I would just also add that, um, for example, at last night's town board meeting, uh, a a representative from DOT was here and showed a willingness to tweak a design that had already been designed years ago, but right-of-way acquisition had not occurred yet. And I think we need to take advantage of those opportunities and be more proactive in working with DOT. And when we see the plans come through that are not what's in the best interest of our community and our residents, um, advocate and push harder to get those plans changed. Thank you. Mr. Quarles, I think you're the last one. Yes. Um, I think John's looking at my notes I have over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but zoning controls it all. And I think if we control our zoning, we can control our traffic. Um, on my cars, they have managing growth. You've heard that up here before. So if we manage growth, we control our zoning. Also, I would like to bring in more businesses. Businesses bring in a higher tax revenue. We, maybe we could take some of those tax dollars and use those, those tax revenues to offset some of our road projects. Um, see if we can have something with, um, see, we're, we're looking at the CA, CAFR uh, with, with finance and see are there some projects that we can move around just so we can speed up our road projects as well. We're coming down to the end of the session for you all. We appreciate you being here, but you are going to get one more opportunity, and I'm going to allow you to say whatever you want. Imagine that election day was tomorrow, which it is not. Do not show up anywhere for election day tomorrow because it is not tomorrow. It is on November 7th. Did I get that day right? It's November 7th, right? Okay. So what do you want the residents of the town of Huntersville to remember about you? Mr. Quarles, we'll start with you and then we'll work our way to the left. At the end of the day, it's all about the citizens. I promise each of you I will serve with honor and dignity. I will make sure that I am a commissioner that you can come to. If you call me, I will answer. If you invite me to your community, I will come. I wanna make sure that I'm accessible. I wanna make sure that I'm transparent. I wanna make sure that I never talk to you, as you can tell tonight, I do not talk like a politician because I'm not a politician. I wanna make sure that I'm the one that's here to serve you. So again, I want to be able to serve you. I want to serve you. I want to serve you. Thank you, sir. Mr. O'Neill. You know, I I look back at my work career and probably the most valuable takeaway I have is I've had a chance to work with employees and coworkers from over 50 countries. And and when you work with people and solve problems and and you you, you develop friendships and understanding and I've been able to do that in every organization I've worked in. Um, I've even had a few senior managers criticize that. I said, well, that's the way I'm going to be. I'm going to I'm going to look at people and treat them like they're my family because they are in a way. I'm, I'm as a Christian. We're all God's children, and, and, and that's the way you got to work with people. Um, I've, I've had that in every one of my every one of my locations. Some of them were very difficult to leave. It was it was a personal challenge to leave and move on. Um, this will be my full time job. You know, I've I've made that commitment. Uh, Part time pay, full time job, and I'm ready to do it. I live a quarter mile from here, so it's an easy commute, and um, I, I just have an ability to talk to anyone and any any anywhere. 
and look for solutions. And uh, it's not my job. It's, it's the job to get done for the citizens and they're the shareholders. And so I want to serve them. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ms. Hunt. When I re-careered from education and became a content writer for a forestry consulting firm, I had a zero prior experience. But I've been successful in my career. My boss saw that I am capable, intelligent, and I'm resourceful. I trust that the residents of Huntersville have done their homework, and I hope that you see those same traits in me. And if you give me a chance on November 7th, I am dedicated to proving to you why you made the right choice. Thank you. Ms. Dumas. I mentioned earlier I've lived a lot of places. I've lived in Virginia, Canada, uh, Connecticut, Nebraska, and now here. And in all of those places, I've gotten to see the great things that they do, and I've gotten to see the things that they could do be better. And I feel like I can bring that experience to this town. Um, I think you're gonna hear a lot about experience on Thursday. Uh, I have a different kind of experience. But I've also talked to a lot of our townsfolk. I've met with people all over um, and, and they don't seem to be thrilled about where we're at. So maybe instead of focusing on that experience, we talk about fresh ideas. Um, and I think I can do that. Thank you. Ms. Bergman. So I'm a public servant, not a politician. And I also, because I like to answer a question with a question and I'm last, um, I'm actually going to turn this around a little bit. So I feel that we have many fantastic candidates both up here tonight and, and we'll be here on Thursday. And one thing that we all have in common is, is a dedication to this town. We all wanna do what's best for this town. What I ask of you is to make an informed decision. As Americans, we often take for granted our right to vote. And so just tonight and to finish up, I am just asking you, make sure to get out and vote, have your friends get out and vote. And just remember that this is a right that we have. Thanks. Ditto. I took that from y'all. You were supposed to laugh. You guys all said ditto, and I finally got to say ditto. I wanted to say ditto the entire time. And that will conclude our first session here tonight in the town of Huntersville. That was the commissioner uh, slate. We will have two more commissioner slates on Thursday night. But coming up next, we're going to take a five-minute break, and then we will have the mayoral candidates here at the town of Huntersville. Stick with us, radio fam and digital fam. For those in the room, enjoy a quick break. Thank you. that on Thursday night we will also have two more slates of commissioners.
again, starting at 7 until 9 p.m. And we are honored now to be um, moving into our mayoral candidate section of the evening. We appreciate everyone for being here. We, we appreciate the crowd here tonight as well. Thank you for attending. Um, reminder that uh, early voting starts October 26th. October 26th. If I'm wrong, you can blame Dave Yoakum over at Cornelius today for that. And November 7th is election day. And I want to encourage, as we heard earlier as well, everyone has the right to vote. And we certainly hope you exercise that right. And now we will jump into the mayoral portion of the evening. Thank you all for being here. I appreciate it. What we're going to do is we'll start off with your name and why you are running. And I'm going to move left to right, and then we'll move back and forth a few different times. But Mr. Boone, we'll start with you. First of all, I'd like to say thank you. I don't believe your mic is on, sir. Let me go ahead and get you to push that button. Let's go ahead and check everybody's mic. Testing. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate uh, WSIC and uh, Bill Russell, the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, for putting this forum on. Uh, my name is Dan Boone, and I'm running for the mayor of Huntersville. Uh, I retired from Kraft Foods, and after I retired, I decided to get into the nonprofit business and uh, was a, uh, I uh, helped out at Angels and Sparrows. I was one of the original members of the Old Huntersville Historic Society. I'm on the board of uh, U Torrance Store and North Mecklenburg Crime Stoppers. I've uh, taken the Huntersville 101 course and Citizens Police Academy. But in 2009, I was uh, appointed to the Board of Adjustments here in Huntersville and then followed by the Planning Board, and I was the vice chair of both of those. I have the experience to be the mayor of Huntersville, and I want to be your next mayor. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ms. Clark. Thanks. Good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Christy Clark. I used to represent you and Raleigh in the State House from 2019 to 2020. And now I'm currently working as a guest teacher right down the road at Huntersville Elementary School. And that brings me to why I'm running. Every day I see firsthand what our town needs, whether it's parents running frantically in because they're stuck in traffic, whether it's families needing access to housing or food, whether it's our families who come here needing to learn English as a second language and me able to find those resources for them to have computers so they can practice English over the summer and come back as students ready to learn in the fall. And as I keep seeing those issues come forward and also having those resources to help them from my time in Raleigh and from my time living for 13 years in Huntersville, I am excited to be serving as mayor. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Partee. Thank you very much. Thank you to the chamber for this forum. Uh, my name is Derek Partee and I'm running for mayor. I have over 36 years of public service. Service, as I like to say, is in my blood. I um, ran for commissioner, my commissioner is like two years. I ran for commissioner because I like to get involved, stay involved, also bring a little diversity to the board. I have my management, I have my master's in public administration. Um, principles, I know the principles of management and, 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 and supervision, but most importantly, my two principles, my two objectives is to provide public service and also to pretty much work within the 2040 plan. Um, prior to being a police officer, um, wow, I have, it's uh, very important that um, I present the service um, to, to the public. 
Let's talk about um, the role as mayor. Mayor is um, a big relationship role in the community. I mean, part of relationship is culture. Ms. Clark, we'll start with you. What type of culture would you like to promote if elected mayor in the town of Huntersville? Thank you. This is one of my favorite questions. Um, the culture I want to promote in the town of Huntersville is that our door is always open and that you, if you have something you need to say or share or you need, you can come to the town to get it. And that is something that is extremely important to me. It was something that I held as a premise when I was in Raleigh as an accessible and legislator who would help folks. And I will bring that same thing to the table here. It is um, a huge priority for our town to make sure that those folks that have concerns have a place to share them and they have people they can trust to share them with and that will be um, starting at the top with the mayor and every member of the commissioners that are here with you no matter who they are or where they are from we're all going to have the same policy as our door is always open thank you mr Partee. the um, type of culture let me focus on the chamber because this is the chamber that's given this this forum and what's important is public safety Public safety in the, in the sense that our businesses, our commercial businesses, need to be protected, need to feel safe when they are um, in, the, in the area of, of having the, um, <clears throat> maintaining a, 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 a the, the funding that we need to uh, protect our businesses, our homes, and our residents. Um, there's also the culture of, of protecting our, our commercial residents also. Thank you, sir. Mr. Boone. Yes, uh, I think the culture of the uh, Huntersville Board should be able to listen to the citizens, listen to who's talking, and listen and, and come to some type of compromise that is best for everyone. The culture also has to be driven by customer service. I think that the town, you are our customers, we're here to serve you, and that's one of the big things for me is customer service. With my background with Kraft Foods, it was all about the customer. And then I think we need to have respect. You need to have respect for everyone. We need to open our arms and welcome everyone into our town. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> A little bit of a hybrid question here, but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll go with it and then we'll transition to the other half of it. So let's, let's start with the public safety portion of it. That has been said multiple times tonight. How do you feel about a full-time fire department within the town of Huntersville? Mr. Boone, we'll start with you this time. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm the liaison between the town of Huntersville and the volunteer police department. The town of Huntersville does not have enough firefighters to protect the town at this time. I am completely for a volunteer fire, excuse me, a full-time fire department. A little lesson about the fire department. When you send an engine or a ladder truck out, you gotta have two people on that truck. If you have uh, two people, volunteers to meet you at the fire, you can only put two people into the fire. You, you have to have the same number outside the fire. We don't have enough people to protect you right now. We've got to figure this out and start with 19 people over a year, year and a half, learn from those lessons and have a volunteer fire department up and working within five years. Thank you. 
Thank you, sir. Mr. Barty. Yes, absolutely. Um, as we grow as a community, the increase of the fire department is necessary. Um, I, along with uh, Commissioner Boone, I was on the task force to uh, study a full-time fire department. It's a shame that we did not pass the vote yesterday for full-time service. But moving forward, um, our, com our communities, our commercial properties, life and property is most important. That's our investment, our homes. And it is important that um, we, moving forward, go to 18 firefighters. That's the proposal. It's very important. So yeah, I'm for a full-time fire department. It, the plan is there. The, the studies have been done. We have done the studies with uh, Cornelius. We studied Davison. So therefore, Huntersville is next in line to get that on the board. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ms. Clark. Yes, of course, I agree that we should have a full-time fire department. Um, my children's father is a retired firefighter and paramedic, and so throughout his career, he has had times where his life was in danger, and when I think about our folks here, how we're asking them to put their lives on the line for, uh, for us, I know we need to do better by them, and that means we need to pay them the full-time salary they deserve, make sure they have the benefits and resources they need to serve our community, and our community is long past needing a full-time fire department. We have needed it for many, many years. We are going to need it in the future, and today is the day to make that foundation for having that full-time fire department. The fire department being one arm of public safety, the other being law enforcement. Do you believe we have a problem with crime in Huntersville? Mr. Parti? Um, is crime running rapid in Huntersville? No. Do we need to increase our police presence? Yes. Do we need to put the money in the budget? Yes. Do we need to be competitive with CMS, with CMPD, and other departments? Yes. It's very important that the first line of defense when it comes to fire, when it comes to injuries, when it comes to 911, is the police department. Our businesses have to be protected. Right now, over in Burkdale Village, we had break-ins, we had smash and grabs. North Lake Mall is now a desert. So therefore, yes, it's very important that we have a viable, full complement police department that will protect and serve our community. Thank you. Ms. Clark? Yes, of course, um, we need a, a viable police department. Um, you know, as I said, I work as a teacher and this summer we had active shooter training. And so when we were walking out of that active shooter training, everyone was turning to the, uh, those of us in elementary schools and saying, hey, y'all don't have school resource officers, do you? And so they're provided for middle schools and high schools, but not for elementary schools. Davidson and Cornelius are funding those for their elementary schools, but we are not. And so when you sit down with the chief of police, he asks for those <clears throat> excuse me, right away, what can we do? Because we need to protect our schools. And if you heard, um, we have open campuses here where you walk across the campus from the building to a quote learning college cottage and um, you're in the wide open and, you're, and our children are there too. And so um, we need to make sure that we are funding this fire department, well, and the police department to make sure we have those resources to protect our community. Mr. Boone. Justin, you ask us, is, is there a uh, crime problem in Huntersville? We are lucky we don't, and it's because of the men and women that work for the Huntersville Police Department. Huntersville Police Department, their role in policing is a little different from what it is in Charlotte. Charlotte goes from call to call to call. Huntersville's philosophy in policing is community policing, getting involved in the community, being on the greenways and trails and walking, having your windows down when you drive, ride around in your patrol car, 
And I, at this time, we've, we're very lucky of the men and women for Huntersville. Thank you. Thank you. As discussed before, part of the role of being mayor is relationships. And um, part of that is accountability. Being a father of a four-year-old and two-year-old, I am learning what accountability means every single day. And so for you, if you were elected mayor, how would you want to help keep everyone accountable throughout the town? Ms. Clark. Well, you know, that is really the part of the open lines of communication, right? When you are on the same page and everyone knows that what the objectives are for the town, then that's when we can have those regular check-ins and making sure we're accountable to the, the objective. We all need to have the same mission and vision for the town of Huntersville. I think most of us do. It's some of us reference that 2040 plan, that's part of it, but there's other parts of it that when we have that clear vision by a clear leader who's strong and ready to show uh, the town what we need to do, um, that will help be able to help us hold folks accountable. Thank you. Mr. Boone? Thank you again. Uh, accountability, I think the first thing that I would do as a mayor of your town is to increase the number of people who go to our website for information. There's probably about 2,000, maybe 3,000 people that check the website. We need to reach out and be sure that we're getting that communication of what's going on around town to the people who are asking the questions. We've got one of the better websites in this area. Thank you, Commissioner Kovacs, for that. And uh, I think that'll make everybody more accountable if we can increase our communication. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Partee. Okay, accountability. Right now, the mayor works out of there, his, his vehicle or her vehicle. There's no office whatsoever. There has to be a point of reference where the public can come to the mayor's office, sit down and engage the mayor with their issues. It's also an issue when it comes to mayor as to getting out and getting the message out. We have the website, yes we do. But there's no point of reference where we can get that web, with the, with the, the, the information out and the information get back to the mayor other than um, our email address. So as far as accountability, um, there needs to be a focal point where we can, as mayors, work out of, have an office, ha have the time to have people that come in and also serve. Thank you. Thank you. Let's move to one of the uh, major topics, again, related to the role of mayor, and that being, again, the budget. We talked about the fire department previously. But overall, what would you describe as your top priority, if elected mayor, in the next budget cycle? Mr. Boone, we'll start with you this time. My top priority, and I want to be perfectly clear on this, will be workforce housing. If we're going to get serious about workforce housing, we've got to put it in the town budget. We need to hire somebody, it might not be full time, but to work on this as a, not as a town uh, project, but we've got to look at this workforce housing as a regional issue. Like we do the uh, EDC, uh, maybe we have a person that works for all three towns that is just focused on workforce housing. And that'll be the first thing that I look at on a budget item, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Partee. My first priority, number one, right now we have a referendum on the agenda. We have $58 million in bonds that we have to issue, 50 million for traffic. The major issue that I've received in so far is about traffic and the roads. 
we have to get that $50 million out and within the budget, how are we gonna distribute these bonds to improve our traffic, improve our roads, which is priority. Eight million for the parks and rec. So my top priority when working with the budget is working with our town managers who are the best town managers that we have in North Carolina is to really get our CPIs, our capital improvement projects, forward, moving them forward and using our bond referendum on bonds to, to make that happen. Thank you, Ms. Clark. Can I say ditto? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, um, yeah, of course, um, affordable housing and the transportation referendum are at the top of the list, but also public safety too. Um, I, this is fresh on my mind after sitting in the board meeting last night and watching the disappointment on the fire chief's face when um, the proposal for funding them full time did not pass. And so it has, it's been weighing heavily on my heart after last night and all day today. And so Right now, in this moment, I think um, keeping our community safe is right at the top of my mind. Thank you. The topic of parks and recreation did come up, and I do have a very specific question here about parks and recreation and the budget. There is a new craze in the community, and that is pickleball. <laughs> Will you support spending dollars on more pickleball courts in the town of Huntersville? Mr. Partee. <laughs> Well, first of all, I have to send out the noise ordinance um, crew to measure the loud pickleball noises that it makes. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm into sports. So absolutely, I would support um, pickleball courts if we have the availability um, to put them in and we don't piss off the tennis players. So um, with $8 million that's in this bond referendum, and I think this, this, we should be pushing this bond re referendum, I think we can find a place to put some pickleball courts. Ms. Clark. Yes, absolutely. And I'm just sitting here looking at Nick Walsh thinking this is probably his question because he'll tell you right away he loves to play pickleball. <laughs> and so I think he, this is a loaded question from the audience. But yes, um, you know, pickleball is a craze here. People are very happy about it. Um, it is having a little bit of an impact on our little elementary school over there. Pokes likes to use it as a parking spot for them during the day when our teachers have nowhere else to park. But we're working that out. And so as long as we can find a way to get them in the community where it's a cooperative location and um, everybody can enjoy it um, at some point and the other, of course, let's have more pickleball and someone needs to teach me how to play too. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Boot. Yes, uh, thanks Nick for the question. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, to answer very quickly, yes, we not, we not only need additional pickleball courts, but we need uh, additional facilities for everybody in the community, whether it's uh, badminton, pickleball, what have you. Uh, you look at the pickleball courts at Holbrook Park. I was part of the board that raised our hand to get that change from tennis part of it over to pickleball. And you look at Bradford Field off of Highway 73. This is a part of the town where the county, Mecklenburg County and the town should do a master plan. And I would going to be pushing for a, a large baseball facility down there for softball and Little League. They are probably... Not many people know that uh, Huntersville had two state championship baseball team here in, in town. Outstanding job. I will continue to push for more uh, recreational facilities through for our citizens. Thank you. Let's talk about transportation. Um, I don't think anyone has any issues with traffic, so why not bring more into the town? Uh, and let's specifically look at mass transportation. 
Many have come before you and attempted to create connectivity to the neighboring cities, both to the north and the south. What are your thoughts and potential solutions that you have in mind for providing mass transportation for the town of Huntersville? Mr. Partee. I'm glad you asked that question because having been born and raised in New York, the major mass transportation city in the world, um, I think it's very important that we do move people around, especially from Huntersville to downtown Charlotte. Um, a lot of times, especially with um, transportation as far as gas and fuel, many people just want to commute and not drive. So um, the connectivity between the city of Charlotte and Huntersville, that can be worked out. I think we do have um, certain lines that are running presently from Charlotte to Huntersville. So I'm more forward to increasing that and seeing how we can effectively improve it to get our people from Huntersville down to Charlotte or up to Mooresville. Thank you, sir. Mr. Boone. Alrighty, mass transit. I think this is another regional problem and uh, the way you're gonna solve this is all three towns working together. When Cornelius gets a uh, contract to improve their roads, Huntersville should be applauding them because their improvements are gonna help Huntersville and vice versa also. Uh, along the mass tr transit, we've got to look at micro transit, which is the town is looking at. And we do a pretty good job going north to south, but we do a very poor job going east to west. And with this micro transit system, you will be able to pick up a phone and say, hey, do you mind picking me up at da 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 and take me to my doctor's appointment tomorrow at 10 o'clock? That's the 30,000 scope view of this new program, but this is the type of thinking we've got to do. We've got to be able to move people in a normal flow of traffic and get them where they need to be. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Clark. Yeah, so one of the issues that we face um, around here is that the towns of Huntersville, Cornelius, and Davidson and all the other small towns um, have a very few votes when they come before the CRTPO and CATS, which is the major transportation board down in Charlotte. Charlotte outweighs our votes by many, many votes. And if they want something to happen, it happens because that they have more votes than the rest of the towns. And so one of the things that I had prioritized when I was in Raleigh was having a study done to see if we could do this voting in a different way and make it more equitable and reasonable for us. And I just um, read that that study is being published. And so it is gonna come forward between, before the board. And so as we think about transportation as a regional approach, we're also gonna think about ways to make it more equitable for the towns surrounding Charlotte and not letting them dictate to us what we can have and not have. Everyone is aware that things like mass transportation cost money. And there've been a lot of discussions about things that are costing more and more. Where, if anywhere, would you propose saving money to avoid a potential tax increase to fund things that have been talked about? Mr. Boone. Thanks for the question. I think the best thing that to how to save money is to, it starts at the budget process. The, I did not agree with the town finance officer when she came up with a, uh, a projection of 5% for property tax for the 23-24 budget year. Uh, Mecklenburg County came up with 15% of revenue for property tax. So that's just because you bring in a, uh, a budget under budget, that doesn't mean it's a good budget. So the question is, how are we gonna find money? We're gonna have to take a look at this on a line by line basis and if there's anything that we can live without, 
we need to cut it out. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Clark. So this is where we start thinking about alternative modes of transportation. And we have this Parks and Greenway bond coming before us where we can get folks off of the roads and onto greenways, um, building bike lanes so folks are riding in their bikes versus having to, for us to continually have to redesign and remodel roads. And so that's the first place where we can start is making sure we find ways to get people out of their cars and off the roads and in different ways of transportation that we have established and we have been focused on for a long time. We can partner with the county. There's grant funds. There's other ways to bring money into this situation that can help us get folks off the roads and into different modes of transportation. And we can save money right that way from the get-go. Thank you. Mr. Partee? Right now, we have CATS, who has, is in partnership with um, North Meg, with Huntersville. To save money, if we're talking about the red line, there is, that is a, a dream that's going to be further out the line. Um, and what is the benefit for us as far as saving money or, give, or contributing money to a, a line, transportation line, uh, from here to Charlotte? It has to be studied. We need to sit down and look at our budget. We're not going to raise taxes because it's not affordable for us to pay for Charlotte to come up here. I would see Charlotte, if they want us to communicate or commute, let's have them to develop a budget or put money into the, uh, uh, um, the pot. So right now, I, don't, I see saving money and not getting involved with um, major transportation right at this time. And the red line is not definitely going to happen. Let's move to the topic that a lot of people are talking about in town, and that's affordable housing. Housing for all housing attainability. Again, any title that you would like to put on it is fine. We can sit around for hours and talk marketing. But getting to the root of the issue, what are, is a potential solution, if any, that you have thought of that could help address the current housing market within the town of Huntersville? Mr. Boone. I believe I said this earlier. If the town's going to be serious about affordable housing, we've got to put a line budget in the budget and work with the other towns in our region. This is not a Huntersville issue. This is a regional issue. I personally would like to see a person hired full-time for all three towns to work on this. Let's go ahead and, and do something about this, getting the uh, people who are looking for these workers to buy in to this program. Thank you, Mr. Partee. First of all, we have to find land. If we wanna have workforce housing or affordable housing, we're gonna need land so we can build. Right at the time, Mecklenburg County just purchased over 30 something acres in Pottstown. It's not going to be easy with the prices of housing increasing. The mayor's task force, as mayor, the next mayor, we can take what she has already started and improve on that. She already broke down the barriers. She already set the uh, timeline. She already set the uh, wheels in motion. So right then and there, we need land. We need to look at her task force, the forum and then move forward as to what they recommend and improve on that. The CDC that was created up in Denver, I mean, in, in, in um, um, uh, not Denver, in Davison, thank you, in Davison, we can look at their uh, proposal because they have already started the wheels in motion. So with workforce housing, yes, we need land, we need property, and we need to take the uh, mayor's forum next to the next stop. Thank you, Ms. Clark. Uh, yes, um, and I'm gonna, 
tiptoe off of um, Mr. Partee here and say that we need to continue the good work that the mayor's task force has done. One of the recommendations they had is to take a sharp pencil and look at the ordinances we currently have and see what we're doing that may inadvertently be preventing affordable housing or workforce housing from being built in our town. And that's something that I have heard from some thought leaders on this is we do make it difficult to build affordable housing in the town of Huntersville versus the towns of Cornelius and Davidson who have changed the way they do things. And so that is a place to start to sit down and figure out what can we do to make it easier for affordable housing to come here. Given the increasing cost of housing and general cost to run a town, what do you believe to be the most effective way to not have to increase tax in the town? Mr. Partee. The cost of living is increasing. We are in a recession right now. We have to raise taxes. This present, this past budget, my fellow commissioners voted to go revenue neutral. So thereby we are mortgaging our future boards. We didn't fund the police department. We didn't fund the fire department. Tax is a fact where we have to run this town. We have a manager who came to us with a proposed budget that they can effectively run this town and give us the quality of life that we need. And what their recommendation is upon the board to give them the resources that they can continue to run and provide for our quality of life. So yes, there's no question that we cannot hold taxes. We're going to have to increase taxes and the next board will have to increase taxes. Ms. Clark. This is something we get asked about a lot and I and you will probably hear some of my fellow candidates mention this a lot is economic development. Bringing businesses here that will help generate more taxes for our town is the first way for us to start thinking about how we cannot have to raise taxes. And so that's something that I've already planted a seed with the Economic Development Commission that we need to bring businesses here. When we see a for rent sign on a, in a place, we need to figure out who can be there and how can we draw them here because those are people who will pay taxes for us and if we're letting places sit empty then we're just losing taxes by not having them there and so let's start with bringing business here that also means that we have people who can live and work here and can pay and can rent here and grow here and grow their family here and that's a long-term objective for me as well thank you mr boone what would i do so we don't have to raise taxes well i think we've already started doing that by increasing the flex space warehouse in this town from about four years ago four years ago there's about ten thousand square feet to over uh, a billion square feet of flex space but this uh, will create jobs which will uh, in increase the revenue to the town and with the small businesses who is the engine for employment in this town and the region is that we got to be sure that these small businesses that start or want to get started in Huntersville, we take our ordinances and get out of their way and let them do what they do best. Sometimes I think the town has got a big stop sign when it comes to small businesses. Thank you. Thank you. We do have a few questions from social media, which we, again, we are video live streaming and we are accepting, uh, some of the questions, I'll say some of the questions. Uh, given that you all uh, have been elected officials before, describe a situation where there was conflict and how you worked to resolve it. Ms. Clark. 
This is a perfect one for me. As you know, I got elected in 2018. I was elected in the minority party. So I went to Raleigh, um, the underdog, and I could have gone in there with, um, you know, my sword up and ready to fight, but I didn't. I put I put all that aside, put my party affiliation aside, reached across the aisle and made sure that I made pathways and friendships um, across the aisle that helped me get things done. And that really is um, how good leadership is done is by putting aside your own personal like beliefs and your letter by your name and committing to making sure that you're doing the best for what is for the people that live in the state and the town where you live. Um, I could have t- I could have done it in a different way, but I chose not to. And I can tell you, I sat a lot of tables where I said, it's time for a kumbaya moment. Let's see if we can come to some agreement. And sometimes they said yes, and sometimes they said no, but I always made sure that we put the, the olive branch out first. Thank you. Mr. Boone. I don't really remember a whole lot of conflict. I, um, I'm a listener, and I feel there's a way that you can find common ground on any d- disagreement people might have. Uh, Lance, you and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but we have come and reached an agreement on several of them. So I think just sitting down, listening to people, and working on a compromise that's good for both parties, and just take the word conflict out of it. We're here to do the best for the people who live in Huntersville and this region. Thank you. Mr. Partee. Yes, absolutely. Um, after being elected commissioner, I mean, Commissioner Boone, myself, and other commissioners, um, Mayor Bales had a workshop in which the North Carolina League of Municipalities came down. It was conflict resolution. And we all had to go into a room and sit down and get to know each other. But in order to get to know each other, you have to be very vulnerable and reveal some of your innermost secrets. And if that happens, then you're able to have a communication moving forward. So therefore, working as mayor, the next board that comes, we will need to sit down, bring in the League of Municipalities, have a conflict resolution uh, forum, workshop, and sit down and get to know each other and get all the aggression, get all the negativity out so thereby we can move forward as a unified board. Thank you. Another question from social media. Let's say that you could pick one item to have an unlimited budget for. What would you choose, Mr. Partee? Of course, that'll be police and fire. Um, It's very important. I, I always say that fire department, police department, and our community is symbiotic. If we have a strong police department and a strong fire department, and we feel safe, then the quality of life continues to increase. Our community continues to grow. Our businesses feel safe. Our commercial businesses feel protected. So we need to stay competitive. We need to have a viable, strong police and fire department. Because these, as a first responder myself, protecting life and property has always been, it's like in my DNA. Um, I'd rather face bullets than face and run into a fire because that's how I was trained. So I would develop, I would put to, to all my resources would go into the police fire department. So we have that protection and we are able to have a good quality of life. Thank you, Ms. Clark. 
I'm going to build upon that and say not just the police and fire department, but the town staff. If you have ever worked with any of our town staff here, you know we have outstanding staff, and we need to do everything we can to make sure that they um, are have the compensation they deserve and the comfortable space to live and work. Um, they do more for this town than most people can ever imagine. You would not know as if you sat up here and watched from the dais. Um, you would think that they didn't do that much, but really they are what makes our town run and we need to make sure they have the respect they deserve. Thank you, Mr. Boone. Unlimited funds? Unlim on one item now, sir. On don't, get, item. don't get carried one away item. now. <laughs> I would like to take those unlimited funds and go out and try to purchase as much raw land as we town could possibly do and work with a partnership with the local businesses, so it's a partnership, and then really focus in on our parks, our affordable housing, and the, the space that, and the additional green space that we need in our town. Let's move to another popular topic of development. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it is uh, seeming to be popular in North Carolina and uh, people seem to want to be here and develop in the uh, local Lake Norman area. Given your role as mayor does not always include voting, it does again include culture. Would you encourage more development in the town? Mr. Partee. Wow, I'm glad you asked that question. That's why I'm running for mayor. Um, I would say I would not discourage it, but I would sustain it. I attended a public hearing where the developer sort of started to insult my community. And I say my community because I live here. And I think that was not appropriate for that developer to insist that he's gonna build whatever he wants to build. There's another developer who wants to build a lagoon, did the same thing. Right now, there's, and I only can say I have reasonable suspicion, but there's a green light on this town of Huntersville for developers to come in and build whatever they want to build, and we need to check that. And that's what I like to do as mayor, to find out what the hell's going on and check it. Ms. Clark? Well, I mean, you've heard us talk about the 2040 plan, and, and while that's a guideline for us, that really is the starting point for how development happens in this town, and it's something that as we continue to grow, because we are going to keep growing, more people are going to keep coming here, um, we need to make sure that we are laying every project we have across that 2040 plan and making sure it fits with our vision and long-term plan for Huntersville. Um, we can't um, just continue to um, adopt development as without any care of where it is or who it impacts. I, I mentioned that at my school we're 100 students over capacity and that's because the development has been concentrated in the area that feeds into the school where I work. We have to make sure we're keeping an eye on that and so one way to do that is to make sure we're overlaying with the 2040 plan, looking at projects that are coming up the pipeline, making sure we're doing what's right with development. Thank you. Mr. Boone? I don't think we can stop the development in Huntersville. Uh, I think that one of the things that a developer looks at is there's property here. The property owners have their right to sell their property. But when a, a developer looks at Huntersville, they look at the tax rate and they think that, well, our taxes are pretty low here and they can uh, invest in this and not have to have that type of payment if they were, let's say, in a Davidson where their tax rates on property is much higher. 
But right now we've got to be able to look at this, these developments and make sure that they're at the right place at the right time and not putting the stress on schools and the infrastructure of our town. Schools are certainly an important conversation. It was as if you were looking right at my paper there, Mr. <laughs> so let's discuss the uh, bond measure that has uh, been discussed. I will ask you in a different way. Do you think the bond is enough for the town of Huntersville? Ms. Clark. <laughs> well, you're asking a teacher, do we have enough in a bond to build schools for our students? Well, the answer is going to be no, of course. Um, but we're going to make do with what we have. Um, if you want to see the needs of our town, please come tour Huntersville Elementary School, um, where you can see um, the giant barrel in the entryway that's catching the drips, um, the mold. And I will say... Um, the mouse droppings that are pretty much everywhere. Um, and those things, if you think that a child can learn in an environment like that, um, it's just false. They need a fresh and clean and healthy place to learn and thrive. And if we could rebuild every school in this town, we should, but we can't. And so we need to make the best of what we got. And man, we are counting down the days for new school over there at Huntersville Elementary School. Thank you, Mr. Boone. I think the question you you asked is, is the bond have enough money for Huntersville? And uh, I'm gonna say that uh, Huntersville has great schools and great teachers. And I wanna say thank you to the teachers who work and, and do their job every day to educate the children that live not only in Charlotte and Huntersville and Cornelius, but I, I can't write a check to the Board of Education that I don't, a blank check that I don't have the confidence that they know will know how to spend the money wisely. Mr. Partee. Okay, are you referring to the Huntersville bond or the school bond? The school bond. School bond. The um, the school bond for Huntersville and for the benefit of Huntersville schools, I think is very important that we get this bond across. Um, the the I would rather give higher wages to our teachers other than building more schools, but we need to refurbish. We need to um, provide the infrastructure for these, for the schools, for these schools up in this area. As long as we get a piece of the Rubik, then yes, I'm all for the bonds. Let's talk again about relationships. Part of your role as mayor will include relationships at the state level. What, if any, changes would you like to see happen at the state level that could benefit the town of Huntersville? Mr. Partee. As mayor, I think it's very important to have relationships with other mayors in other towns and up in the state legislature, our senators and our, and our uh, state legislatures. Yes, I have, I have relationships with legislatures uh, uh, that are presently serving. Um, it's very important that we have that we're able to get the resources from our legislatures up in, in Raleigh. So the, um, yes, the relationship would grow with me as mayor. And I will also try to get whatever resources we need from our state legislatures on both sides, Republican and Democrat. Thank you. Ms. Clark. 
Yeah, so a lot of those folks are my former colleagues. And so, um, yes, I have a pretty strong relationship with them, no matter which side of the aisle they're on. But, you know, when I, I was serving, it was a priority for me to make sure that towns had more local control. And so if I were going to be working with my legislators up there that I know very well, I would be asking them to let us do a little more for our towns and let us make the decisions for the towns that we know better than they do. Um, I know that's not how our state normally works, but it's something that I would continue to advocate for in the future. Thank you. Mr. Boone. Relationships are very important and the mayor's got to do a good job with that. And uh, I've started a relationship with the uh, Senator Sawyer. Uh, she helped us get the light at Highway 21 and the eyes and nose and throat building. And if it wasn't for her, and we probably would not have that light. The relationship that I would like to work on is and is that the weighted vote was mentioned earlier today at CRTPO. That is so important that we get that change where every municipality has the same vote. And for Charlotte to have the power over the, the towns just because they, they have a weighted vote is not fair to the municipalities in this area. And that needs to be worked on at the, uh, at the Raleigh level. Thank you. You each have mentioned communication here tonight and how you all hope to reach more residents in the town of Huntersville. Could you describe possibly a couple of tools you would utilize in order to communicate more effectively or just increasingly with town residents? Mr. Parti. Absolutely. Um, in uh, the town of Hempstead where I grew up, the mayor had a helpline in which the constituents can call in with issues or problems they may have, and then that can be disseminated to the proper department that will handle that issue. Um, I would like to institute a helpline where they can come in or they can call and express their issue, and, and that could be able to be disseminated to the right department. That personal communication. Also, I have my phone number. I have my personal, I have a work phone that they can call at any time. And I also would like to get out more to the different community, um, um, town and community and neighborhood meetings. So we can, so that I can communicate what's going on with the towns and our, our budget. Thank you, Mr. Boone. I think the first thing that, uh, that I have seen that has increased is the number of people that are coming to the town boards. Uh, six years ago, we might have had one or two speakers, and now on some meeting nights, we have 15 or 20, and that's getting the communication out to the public. And I think more people know about what the 2040 plan is and the 2030 plan than ever before. I think that when a person comes in the town hall and they've got an issue of how do I do this and how do I do that? Let's track that person until they get an answer. That's called customer service. And I said that this earlier. And most of you know that if something's going on and around town, I am out there, I go to the meetings, I go to the festivals. I think it's important that the commissioners and the mayor be seen and listen to their constituents. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Clerk. Um, yeah, so I thought about this a lot. Um, when I was in Raleigh, every Friday I would send out a newsletter to um, anyone who's subscribed, and I would like to start doing that as mayor to make sure that there's an open line of communication that every week our constituents get to know what's been going on in the town. Um, 
And then, you know, you have to admire Mayor Woody Washam for his connecting with Cornelius meetings that he has every month. Um, those are a great way to stay involved with the community and bring the community together. Um, he has, they're themed um, by different issues that are current in the town, and I would love to do, start doing things like that in Huntersville as well. I've heard from HOA presidents that they would like for us to have a meeting where they could all get together and share their concerns. I was on my HOA board, so yes, I know what that means. Um, it could be fun. Um, but I still want to bring them together. Um, and then, of course, um, we, our um, folks have all talked about maybe we would have a podcast or we would have Facebook Live events or we would have other um, ways of communicating with folks to um, maybe even a TikTok if I don't do that, but we'll see, um, to communicate with our younger folks around here um, just to make sure that we have every line of communication open. Radio is pretty cool, too, but that's a different conversation. Radio, okay. Um, and if someone would bite me on radio, I'll do that, too. <laughs> uh, looking at what it takes to uh, partner in the town, partnership includes both pi private, public, and faith-based. How do you see those three different groups working together in the town? Mr. Boone. I think the private sector is probably the most important sector because they are the people that can help us uh, lead the town and not only help us lead the town, but help us solve some of our issues. Uh, the faith base, I, I would ask everybody to look at the Methodist Church on Stumptown where that congregation is developing their campus where they're going to have tiny homes and training for people who are looking for jobs. And this is exactly what the town needs where a lot of people don't know that, but this is gonna be a, a, a nice grade A uh, facility. Thank you, Ms. Clark. Can you repeat the question? Uh, yeah, sorry, my producer was yelling at me. I had two minutes. Uh, <laughs> uh, partnership in the town would require both private public and faith-based. Yes. How do you see that dynamic and relationship working together in the town? Yeah, I mean, I think that goes right back to the open lines of communication where we have um, events where all these groups come together and we're focused on a common goal. And anyway, I think that's probably gonna start with workforce housing in this town. Um, those folks have already put the investment in and the time in. And um, so making sure that we have a place to share our ideas and contributions and make that, we're gonna have an agenda, we're gonna have goals, and we're gonna meet those goals together. Thank you, Mr. Partee. Yeah, as a relationship, private, public, and faith-based, I've been moving around since I started out as a commissioner, I've been visiting churches here in, Hunt, in Huntersville. Um, it's very important to establish first the relationships between our churches and then branch over into the, the public and the private. Um, moving forward as mayor, I would always open up the lines of communication, maintain the lines of communication with our churches, with our private sector, with the, with the Chamber of Commerce, and making sure that we all can come together. I know the Chamber has um, diversity uh, meetings. Um, put that out, put that out to all our private sector and to the uh, faith-based to get them more involved. Diversity is very important. I'm very big on diversity, the only African-American on the board, but it's that there's a need to incorporate all communities, all faith-based, all ethnic groups into um, the administration. Thank you. We are coming up on the end of our time today. We do appreciate it. So I've got one last question. It's the smallest card I got through this whole time and it was, I tucked it away here. So whoever wrote this question, thank you. What do you love most about Huntersville? And we'll start with you, Mr. Partee. 
how green and how clean it is. When my wife and I first came here and we were looking around, that's the first thing we saw was how green and how clean that Huntersville is and the tree canopy. That's what I love about it. Thank you. Ms. Clark. Oh, gosh, that's the easy one. The people that live here, right? Um, we are a growing and changing town, and people are from coming all over the world to bring their cultures here, and it is a beautiful thing. And so I love to see how we are getting richer and richer in spirit and culture every year, and hope that that continues. Thank you. Mr. Boone. When I moved to Huntersville, everybody had open arms and welcomed me here, and I think that we need to have that same spirit. But to answer your questions, it's you, Pope few people that are in this crowd right now and the people that we see at the grocery store, it's the citizens of Hunters Hill. Thank you all. Thank you all for being here. We do appreciate your time. Thank you all in the room for being here. We appreciate you. Thank you to the radio fam and social media fam for watching. November 7th is election day, but not before this Thursday where you can watch more, two more sessions of town uh, commissioner candidates here in the town of Huntersville. Hope you all have a good night. <laughs>